Hey guys, I am super stoked to let you know that longtime friend of the show and all around great dude, Christopher Moreno, has become the first regular sponsor of the Liberty Tree podcast. Chris is a realtor at Surterre Properties in Orange County, California, and he specializes in residential real estate. I have personally known Chris since I was 18 years old and can say without hesitation that he is one of the most honorable and loyal friends that I have ever had. If you were to hang out with Chris for five minutes, you would see that other people feel the exact same way about Chris. He's probably one of the most likable people on the planet, and it's no shock that he's in the top 1% of realtors in Orange County. You know, we talk a lot on this show about the dismal state of affairs here in California, and from time to time, I entertain the idea of moving to another state. But at the end of the day, I always come back to the idea that I'm just too much of a stubborn prick to leave. You know what I mean? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! face it. The socialists are coming for every red corner of every purple state, and they are not leaving any rock unturned. If we want an end to tyranny, we need to fight it right here where we stand, and we have to destroy it. So, if you want to come to California and help us fight this fight, or if you're already in California and you just want to relocate and live in a more conservative community than you currently do, Orange County might be the place for you. And Chris Moreno is definitely the guy to help you do that. Chris and his team bust their asses for all of their clients, from condos to oceanfront homes, bungalows to Bayside. No matter your criteria, Chris will work to get you and your family into the right place for you guys. Do you ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I think. Four kids, and I gotta take all they badass and show this. Okay, get your kids, but then they got their friends. I pulled up in the bins, they all got a bin. We all went to den, and then I had to pay. If you fucking with this girl, then you better be paid. You know why? 
take too much to touch her From what I heard, she got a baby by Buster My best friend said she used to fuck with Usher I don't care what none of y'all say, I still love her Now I ain't saying she go, nigga I didn't know it. No, that was Kanye West. It's Th- funny because all I hear is that name lately, and it dawned on me. I think uh, maybe like yesterday, I was like, "I don't." You could play me a Kanye West song, I, I wouldn't know that was him. The man has a knack for making really, really good music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really think he's a gifted artist, mm-hmm. talented music. I don't know if you can call me a musician, but he is really good at what he does. Um, and that's, uh, that's about all. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, fuck, I was trying to stall so we didn't jump right into the show, but here we go. <laughs> so I had zero interest in talking about Kanye West. As did I. Yay. Yeah. As he's now known. I will be referring to him as Kanye. Okay. I'm not going to be respecting his pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't find out. Uh, the the level of interest to me. So you you and I are cut from the same cloth where and on, and on this show, I think it kind of shows we don't really talk about the things that are popular in the I news. Was, I was thinking about, okay, that's interesting you say that because that's what I was thinking about today is you asked me last week if I was following this, you, you following the whole Kanye thing. I was like, no, yeah. no I'm not. And because I do just constant deep dives on stuff every day and all night, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the one thing that I, that, when you said that, it kind of started a kind of thought process. I'm like, I just, I do not pay attention to pop culture. And it's been, not since I played in bands did I ever, I just don't bother anymore. Yeah. Just, I'm just not interested. Well, in it's all. more like, yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not, you You don't hear about it and then you go look it up and try right. to find out, you know. Correct. It takes a few like hits of the hammer before it cracks right. open the rock where you're like, all right, fine. What the fuck is yeah. this? And that was for me, I kept hearing about him. Uh-huh. kept hearing about his, uh, he walked down on uh Tim pool, I guess, mm-hmm. which I didn't listen to that. Did you? No, I don't know anything about that. I, I think just, I saw, I saw I, a clip of it though. I saw tweets about it or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even see a clip about it. And then, then he went on Alex Jones mm-hmm. and then I heard people talking about his, uh, interview on Alex Jones. Uh-huh. And it was fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe. And the, the take that everyone had about, you know, Alex Jones of all people trying to like walk Kanye Bring him back. back. To reality. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. I love Hitler. What can I say? Hitler was wonderful and just completely misunderstood. I it was just like, it, it wow. Was a, it was a very, as someone that just, steers away from all pop culture and whatever, like something's just, you hear it ad nauseum, you know, you know, whatever, Megan and Harry or whatever those people's names are. It's like, just in my mind, I go out of my way. I I think I developed this this defense mechanism where I'm able to kind of tune it out. I Mm -hmm. refer to it all as static. I'm like, it's all static. It's not relevant. It's stupid. It's a distraction. None of it makes any sense. And then I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised is you know, you do filter through, you get the occasional headline about he's an anti-Semite and stuff about Hitler. And 
for me, that that also falls on deaf ears. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like what the fuck isn't? You know, drinking milk is racist, and having a yard is white supremacist, and yeah, so, and, you know, Trump is literally Hitler, and right. I don't know. Just I I don't pay attention anymore. And then I saw the, some of the clips from him in the Alex Jones show, and I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of relieved. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's some, there's some legit accusations going on here. Totally. <laughs> and and even then, like, after all that kind of came out, it's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that on our show. Yeah. Like, who, who really gives a shit? We are, we are, yeah, okay, we're slowly explaining to like, the journey. I think we both arrived at the same spot. If all of a sudden, like, Neil Young turned out was a pedophile or something I'd, or <laughs> who wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, we got to talk about this. It's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, that's awful. Yeah. And he should, you know, face the consequences right. of that both on earth and in his afterlife. But I don't find that newsworthy. Yeah. He is a musician. We just don't, I just don't care. Yeah. It has no, I no think, bearing I think part of that on is my something life. We'd have, we'd have developed when, you know, they'll take a, an actual relevant issue and then they apply it to, you know, here's Bette Midler on Ukraine. I'm like, why, why would I want why? an opinion on Ukraine? No one like, just cares. Like they, I think people have uh what do we call it? The halo effect. Yeah. They have this, like, this weird myth built up in their head that if someone is good at this one thing, then their opinion applies to everything. You see that a lot, yeah, yeah. with actors, sports, exactly, sports people. Yeah, uh, you know, Herschel Walker, for example, somehow is supposed to be electable. I don't <laughs> understand why they thought that would just like totally transfer. But he, you know, Sean Penn with on Ukraine, yeah. like going, Dennis Rodman going to North, North Korea. Korea. You have uh, I never forget watching the. I'm embarrassed to say this and there's probably a really good reason why I was watching it. It mm -hmm. has nothing to do with me just being a lame person. The Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. I think my mother-in-law was probably visiting okay. and the Academy Awards run and uh, they gave an award to Russell Crowe and it was during the time that all the fires were happening in oh, Australia right. Yeah, and he couldn't be there to accept the award. Mm -hmm. um, and so they read his statement. Definitely had some thoughts on climate change. Of course. He said, he says, make no mistake. People understand this. These fires are unequivocally a result of climate change. Uh-huh. And you're just like, oh, God, I was on the fence. But the actor, Russell Crowe, <laughs> just confirmed that it is climate change. So I guess uh, that discussion's over. Yeah. No more need to argue that point anymore. Yeah. So, so Kanye West. So I, I came up, I found this clip and I, this, I, I found this to be kind of poignant. I heard it on uh, another podcast, I think like Matt Walsh or something, but I don't care if a entertainer is a Nazi. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to support them, mm -hmm. but I can separate their art from who they are. Okay. And in fact, the intro that I almost played today was uh, R. Kelly, remixed <laughs> to Ignition, okay. which is one of the greatest songs ever written. And it just doesn't bother me. It's better that, than that, um, that song about the drive-thru. Didn't he have a song about the drive-thru? Uh, are you thinking of his uh, or in the closet? In the closet. <laughs> 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 
Dude, talk about genius. The man. I can drive uh, through a closet. Dude, we will, we'll devote an episode entirely to. <laughs> I remember closet. you showed that to me. I was like, dude, why would you show me an R. Kelly song? I'm watching that song. Come on. It's not a song. Holy crap. <laughs> it's an experience. It <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I don't, the way I look at it, it's like anyone could write that song. The song is the genius. He was just a conduit for it at the time. His mm-hmm. antics and his beliefs don't affect the music. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't change it. Now, if the music, if Kanye's songs were about killing Jews, <laughs> then I don't think I would listen. Even if it was a great beat. At least not play them in the car with your family. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't dance. I would listen. I just, I wouldn't allow myself to gyrate to <laughs> such <laughs> music. <laughs> so... Uh, right. So it's, I don't know. In my mind, it's easy to, to separate the, the two. Okay. Okay. Now here's a clip of a Rutgers professor named Brittany Cooper. Okay. Now she is also a flaming racist. Okay. Okay. But she is not making songs about gold diggers. She's making, she's teaching children Mm-hmm. young impressionable children how to behave in the world how to right. be better people listen to this shit I'm going to go ahead and turn my I think uh, that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate right the real sort of wow. issue here and I, you know I've heard people sort of say it is one I think that white people viscerally fear it's not that white people don't know right what they have done they know they fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human which is to so you know like you talk to white people and whenever you you really want to have a reckoning about it they say stuff like you know it's just human nature if y'all had all of this power you would have done the same thing right and it's like no that's what white humans did white human beings thought there's a world here and we own it prior to them Black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, what? domination, and colonialism. <laughs> I have seen uh, what, a, what a show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means and that my hope is that we would do it differently you know, in the moments when we have some power. We will not do it perfectly, but I do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go. And that's you just the said thing that. that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt. You know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be. It is either that you dominate or you are dominated. And isn't it sad that 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 is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine a sort of more expansive notion of the world? The thing I want to say to you is we got to take the most- these out. Like, but I know, but like, we can't say heard. that, right? We can't say, like, I don't believe in a project of violence. I truly don't. Because I think in the end that our souls suffer from that. Did you hear what and you I said right there? I think that some yeah. of this is a spiritual condition. So here is where I land most days about white people. Um, and I actually have been helped in this by thinking about indigenous people, right? See, part of the challenge of, around whiteness is that it it totally skews our view of everything, right? I gave this like TED talk about this some years back. And one of the reasons I was trying to think about it is like, 
the the world didn't start when white people arrived in America and tried to tell all the rest of us how things were going to go. There were people out here making worlds, Africans and indigenous people being brilliant and, you know, this libraries and inventions <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> vibrant notions of humanity and cross-cultural exchange long before white people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody. And that's really important because if we believe that history starts for us when white people drag us to these shores, then we can never get outside of the notion that this is going to be our existential struggle. All things. I made that about 10 seconds and I just, I just tuned that out. I know. It was I long. would put uh, listening to someone like that talk up there with, um, having to look at someone's vacation photos. I'm just like, Oh my God, dude. I agree with you. <laughs> this can't take this anymore. I agree with you, dude. And I, I don't seek this stuff out when I hear it. I think, God, that's, that's awful and repulsive, but I want to juxtapose that with Kanye. Cause with Kanye, so it doesn't fucking matter. Of uh, <laughs> empire of the summer moon and the Comanche tribe. Or just a fucking history book. She was saying that when the Africans and indigenous people were living peacefully in America before white people ever got here. Really? The Africans came to America just on their own? I'm unfamiliar with that version of history. (laughs) When I hear people like that talk for some reason, and this is my litmus test I use for almost everyone. It's like this subconscious filter I use. I think like... What would be like my mental like fortitude exercise? Like how would I go about getting through this if someone made me go camping with this person <laughs> and like sit around the campfire with someone like this? And be like, that's and you have to sit around the campfire and ha- hold a conversation. That's kind of my point. That's my reason for playing this because Kanye West, who gives a shit? Right. Like who's going to him to understand how people should interact together, how you should live your life? Right. Nobody. It's ridiculous. Like you can tune him out and it doesn't make a difference in the world. I can't believe the amount of attention that he is getting through all this. It's really ridiculous. Like why if Bette Midler did the same thing, like would anyone care? Like it's just (laughs) ridiculous. Right. Why are we giving Kanye all this attention? But this chick. Plus she's Jewish. That would be really weird. Your kids are. (laughs) That would be weird. (laughs) This chick. Your kids are being forced to sit around the campfire and listen to this chick tell stories. Hmm. That's what she's doing as a professor. Yeah. That is, that's a different thing. And that's why like this matters and what Kanye does doesn't matter because this is being forced down kids throats. Mm -hmm. And I, I know myself when I was 22 years old in school, I would have listened to someone like her talk and probably figure out a way to like make that make sense. Yeah. You know, Oh yeah. I might not have bought it hook, line and sinker, but I, you know, I would have wrapped my twist my brain around it to make it. I definitely be looking around like someone's got to object to this, right? (laughs) (laughs) I hate white people. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? (laughs) Oh yeah. They suck. Uh, that, that woman is fucking deranged. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess that's acceptable to, uh, (laughs) to just blurt out nowadays. It's not like she's, I mean, she's a nobody, Brittany Cooper, right? It's, she's just one of many professors that are teaching this vile fucking ideology to our kids. So you, you landed on that Kanye West, what he does, doesn't matter. What he says doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It it should. It's 
apparently it, it is mattering because the entire world is revolving around it right now. There's a reason for that. All right, lay it on me. <laughs> All right. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're going for a ride. I'm going to need you to bear with me on this one because we are going to revisit some history. We're going to look at some things and I'm going to tie all this shit together at the end. Because you asked me yesterday or last week, last episode, like, are you following this whole Kanye thing? I'm like, no. Like, not only no, but like, why would you ask me that? Do you think I'm following this Kanye West thing? So after you left, I started checking it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking funny. And it set me on this like, like journey where I just kept adding on to it and adding on to it and adding on to it. And I arrived at the conclusion that there's three levels to this, which we'll get to in a second. But this Kanye thing actually does matter and it's being orchestrated and planned. Okay. Oh boy. (laughs) I love it. Close it up. Close it up. Close it up. Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. I got to watch that movie <laughs> again. <laughs> that was our Gone with the Wind. Okay. <laughs> Get your arm floaties on. We're going to be in the pool for a while. <laughs> we're taking the long way on this one. Grab yourself a cocktail. <laughs> so when you asked me about the Kanye West thing, and I just started looking at it to like, okay, what is this kind of ridiculous pop culture kind of vacuous nonsense that everyone's... You know, I always, in my mind, like I was saying earlier, this is like uh, the Meghan and Prince Harry. This is, you know, whatever celebrity. This yeah. is Kim Kardashian. This is like, I, I, I don't pay attention to this stuff. Totally. And then what hooked me in is I saw, like, him on Alex Jones. I was like, wow, dude. <laughs> like, this dude is clearly off his meds. Or there's something, like, seriously, like, mentally going on with this guy. But it was so over the top and then ridiculous, of course, that part of my brain that basically was half of starting this podcast are going like this. It's like two kind of, there's something else going on here. Like either that or he's, I mean, he is batshit crazy, obviously, but there's like something else going on. And then I also thought, well, that's what everyone Why is he getting so much attention for this stuff? Like everyone's always like, Oh, you know, Kanye, he's just crazy. He, he has mental health issues. He needs help. And, and I always go back to like, why does anyone give a shit about this guy? Yes. It's just some dude you don't know. It's also, yeah, I mean, I could go down to the bus depot downtown and hear exactly what he's saying, except the guys in the You could find plenty of people that need help. Like, do you care about them? Like, why does anyone give a shit? I just don't get it. So the first thing we need to do is we did this on another podcast. I think it was on the 50 conspiracy theories or whatever, is do you remember Uh, kind of the- Acoustic Kitty? Oh, we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> we uh, remember we did a dive. We just went through like the stuff of like MK Ultra. So I'm sure you remember this stuff. Mm-hmm. But for, I don't know, the quick primer for everyone, MK Ultra was a CIA program that started in 1953, went from 53 to 73. And the bare bones of it was um, until it was declassified in 1975 uh, under the Church Commission is they happened to find, due to a clerical error, a bunch of files that, you know, because they denied anything happened. They gave them, like, a heavily redacted, like, uh, here's some, a couple experiments that we were running. Someone 
accidentally came across like in some government library, like all the files, and they declassified them, and then that's how it, the, the information ended up being declassified hmm. under the Gerald Ford administration. Interesting. What they're basically trying to do. Do you is, really believe that? Uh, that sounds like a conspiracy theory within the conspiracy. <laughs> theory. I do believe that, and I believe that the information we have was probably ten percent of what they actually did. They found some of the files, not all of the files. Well, of course, yeah. So, uh, the the bare bones of what they're doing. The reason why MK Ultra started is from the Korean War. Our POW, our POWs came back after the Korean War, and at that time, beginning you know in the sixties the big red menace was going on. That was like the boogeyman was communism. And at that time, America wasn't the global superpower it is now, although we were in the running. But the two competing ideologies were American freedom, democracy, capitalism, and communism. Sure. At that time, it was, a, it was a neck and neck race. And everything that the US government did at that time was to achieve that end yeah. for us becoming the global superpower. <clears throat> I've never bought that narrative, by the way. That's that's according to an, a neck and neck race with the so capitalism's in a neck and neck race with communism, the worst philosophy to ever grace the shores of but, any country. But but at that it's time bound we to fail we, and yes, but we were instead we're of just that. letting it fail, we had to put <laughs> billions of dollars into fighting it. Like fuck off. Like it's just, it was a boogeyman. It was an excuse. Yeah. Well like all boogeyman, the the motives are nefarious and there is a giant underlying unspoken agenda that is applied which we're gonna get to that too. Military industrial complex. Exactly, exactly. So to what name one of So many when we were getting our POWs back uh, from Korea <clears throat> and, you know, how was your stay in Korea? And they said, hey, you know what? It actually wasn't that bad and the country seems to be running all right. And our higher up military generals and stuff saw this and like, holy crap, like they have mind control. They brainwashed our soldiers. There's just no way that someone can come back from a communist country with like not just only terrible things to say, hmm. right? And thus began the CIA under Alan Dulles and the MK Ultra programs. And what we what their premise was was that China, Korea, and Russia had developed mind control technology, and so that's how MK Ultra was started in 1953. Like we got to get a handle on this mind control stuff because if the Soviets get it, they're going to brainwash our military, our population, everything, and then we're going to lose this war. Mm-hmm. Like communism will take over the world; they will become the global superpower. So as a, a mind control arms race. Yes, and so they hired a guy named. They found the scientist Elon named, Musk. No, <laughs> getting him too. They got found a guy named Sidney Gottlieb who had been experimenting with LSD, and he was just this weird. He was like the original hippie before there were hippies, right? Right. And he's also just a crazy smart scientist who just. Um, was well experienced in LSD, and so was that his thing. Why is his name so familiar? He was the LSD. He's the one. He was guy. the one that that book Poison and Chief by Stephen. Yeah, Gaines, okay. That one we um, we did the several podcasts ago. That right, brilliant book by the way. Highly recommended. Yeah, we should do that in our next book club. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> and what they were doing is they started off um, taking college students, and you know. Hey, we'll give you you know five dollars if you take LSD and we can just watch you. And this is what we know about. This is what we're in the files that we know. There's probably much more going on. Well, what we would find out later, they were also taking the mentally ill, the homeless, prisoners, and blasting their minds with LSD. Like I don't know for those of you out there that have done LSD, a bad LSD trip is like horrific. 
it is, it's, it's like life changing. I've seen someone go through one. It is, you do not want to see that. They were doing that times like 20. They're taking mentally ill patients and blasting them with LSD for, I think one guy, 196 days in a row of just being fried out of his mind. I mean, eventually his, he claws his own eyes out or commits suicide or whatever. Yeah. And so they're doing this to prisoners. They did to prisoners like, we'll give you a lighter, we're going to give you leniency on your sentence if you take LSD and we can just, you know, study you. So Whitey Bolter was one who became, uh, right. yeah. Charles Manson was another one. I mean, they both turned out all right. And so they were coupling this. What they're trying to do, their premise was, if we can just blast your mind with all these drugs and put you through some of the most horrific torture that we can think of, it'll essentially wipe your slate clean and we could create a Manchurian candidate or we can make you create a crime and you wouldn't, you know, we can start you all over. We can instill you with a new ideology, new ideas, everything. It's not, not to uh, jump you <clears throat> yeah. know, right to the end, mm-hmm. but... It's my understanding that they never actually achieved anything. No, with all they did this not. Shit. <laughs> no, no. Right? Although, I mean, what I mean, a bunch didn't. of fucking psychos. Yeah. D- that, okay. Hold on to that point. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's an excellent point. So, I mean, part, that's like, it's Nazi shit, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the same experimentation. Well, the Nazis, the Nazis, were, Nazis were doing a similar thing. And actually, yeah. um, we under. Well, it's not like a paperclip. We brought all the Nazis <laughs> yes, over here. So, not, not like we were using these exact same scientists over <laughs> on this program. <laughs> so, they were coupling just horrific amounts of LSD with just insane amounts of like physical, psychological, sexual torture, locking you in a dark room, you know, blast out your mind for LSD. For like two weeks at a time. I mean, just the most horrific things you can do to a human being. Just it's almost like in the, the name the of science. Mind control was like the like the umbrella that they put over it, but what they're really doing was just figuring out ways to torture people. Yeah, it's just like sick, psychotic. It's like people in charge. Of monkey torture. Monkey torture. <laughs> that wasn't my friend Terry backstage. <laughs> Part of this paranoia. You know, when we think about, when you learn about some of the things that our government has done, or all government has done. Is government, government. The state. Yeah, the state. You the enemy like, of every human being. Like, how do you get there? That's insane. How do so many people like sign off on this? Well, a lot of it well, is- Doing it in the name of, uh, for the greater good. Yeah. it's it's There's an ideology. I think a lot yeah. of it's just bureaucratic inertia. Like, I, that's what they hired me for. This is what I'm going to do. A lot of it is just bizarre- yeah, Just doing my job. State-induced- Paranoia. That paranoia was exacerbated by the fact that um, the U.S. government at that time strong had strong evidence that they were losing the nuclear, the global nuclear monopoly to Russia. And at that time, that was like that was like the be all end all. Like we got all the nukes, you know, we're gonna start calling the shots. Russia entered the arms race. Yeah, we found evidence that they, you know, were basically in the running. And so it started this weird, like irrational, paranoid, insane programs like. MK Ultra, or what's the most bizarre part of MK Ultra? Operation Acoustic Kitty. <laughs> so, <laughs> part of MK Ultra. <laughs> that was MK Ultra. Same was time period, part right? of, uh, Oh god, there, were, there was all these like sub programs, but yeah, when they start taking cats and turning them into, you know, putting yeah, recording devices, yeah, taking disemboweling them and putting recording machines in them and teaching them to walk around, you know, foreign diplomats. You I've know, been working on that things. t-shirt by the way. Have you? Yeah. The acoustic kitty t-shirt. Look for the acoustic kitty wrapping paper next to Christmas. Yeah. Point being our government that we know about, this is the, these are the things that we know about is involved with some crazy shit and all government is. 
And if you want more intellectual proof for that, um, I would um, suggest Confessions of an Economic Hitman by mm-hmm. John Perkins. And Great. The book. things that we've done to, you know, topple <laughs> other governments. Absolutely. Okay. So that was just a quick review of MK Ultra. Now, let's talk about false flag events. We're going to tie it all, we're going to bring this all back around to Kanye West here eventually. So, let's, what are some of like the obvious false flags of false flag events that we know about? At least most of us. And historically, <laughs> we have the Gulf of Tonkin and the USS Maddox. Yeah, the sinking of the Lusitania. Lusitania, World War One. Uh, the storming of the uh, the Gleewitz Tower um, that was in 1939. The Reichstag fire in 1933. Right. They got us into World War II. Uh, the kidnapping of uh, uh, Megan Whitmer. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely ties into what I'm talking about here today. Uh, more current, the WNDs and the Iraq invasion. Um, the little green men in Crimea in 2014. These are all like provable false flag offense that we, when they happened, most of it, I mean. Is that I, what little green men refers to? In, in context of Crimea, yeah. What, what the little green men were, were um, in the early days of Re- uh, Russia's annexation of uh, Crimea, uh, Russian soldiers uh, in Russian military uh, uniforms and Russian weapons, but with no insignia, no badges, no Russian yeah. flags, were basically enforcing the streets of Crimea. Right. And Putin said, like, no, those are just uh, independent, like, people that are really, like, proud. <laughs> they, they, they're people from I've, Crimea that really believe that it should be part of Russia. Right. Standing up for that. I've heard the little green men thing, and I always thought they were referring to aliens. But that oh. was a that was a thing from Crimea. Well, I've heard of aliens being. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Yeah, I've, yeah I just. But yeah, that's, that's as far as false flag events, that's, that's what's referring to. Okay. Yeah. So, um, thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> yes, you got it. So the reason why I bring those up is that, um, I want to people to think about that the notion of the false flag event isn't such a, like a cut and dry example, right? So a perfect example would be nine 11. When you talk about nine 11 in reference to a false flag event, people immediately roll their eyes. Like, okay, what? Like Bush knew, like it was an inside job. So is, is, is that's what you're saying? Cause what you are saying when people put that narrative on you, it's like, okay, they just painted me into this box where now I'm proposing that the U.S. government knowingly and purposely were responsible for the deaths of almost 3,000 innocent Americans. Like, that's quite a charge level. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do the litmus test, blurt that out this Christmas dinner and see what the reaction is. Yeah, do it with humor, though, like I said in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all in delivery, folks. <laughs> so, not that I want to make this an 9-11 episode because that's just well-worn ground and the, you know, there's a large handful of people tackling this that are they are complete fucking wing nuts so i i gotta gotta think careful who you are you're adhering ourselves to sorry to go there but i have to think that most people fall in the middle on the 9-11 conspiracy theory i don't think so i think that most people do not think that on one end of the spectrum the united states government deliberately blew those towers up, toppled them to the ground, right. all of them. So right? it'd be like the loose change. Like loose change, right. exactly. Correct. And I also got to think that most people don't think it was just simply a terrorist attack that the U.S. government had no knowledge of, right. no involvement in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had known about it, they would have stopped it 100% Correct. because Correct. they're noble patriots. I, yeah. I think most people fall 
in between this back. Uh, like on most issues. I, you know, not that we have a way to quantify this. I think most people lean to the latter of that. I think that yeah, there were some weird questions. I mean, there, yeah. are, there are just too many things that are they're, they're just irrefutable. As I used I, to be on the loose change end of the spectrum, and I'm not anymore. I was. I don't think I was ever clearly way over there. When I first watched that documentary, I was convinced. I definitely watched it on tour, and I remember ending it and going, let's start it again. (laughs) (laughs) Just just kept watching it. And remember telling my band about it, and they're like, wow, okay. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Look, you see, you not tell me that beam was cut by some kind of saw? Uh (laughs) That's an airplane? That's clearly a missile (laughs) flying into the Pentagon. But the reason why I bring these things up is that we have things that have historically been proven as false flag events, the Gulf of Tonkin, the Reichstag fire, the Lusitania that you're saying. Yeah. Um, not, I don't not, know, even, was not even debatable. Yeah, I'm not even, I don't know. I don't, maybe there's some people out there that still think that Iraq had WMDs. I don't know. God bless your soul. If that's and the Boston thing. Massacre. Boston Massacre. What? So, okay, interesting you bring that up because I'm bringing really? this up is that the, <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> like I said, okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Tie in the Boston Massacre. <laughs> is I want people to entertain the notion of a false flag event to exist on a spectrum, much like the spectrum mm-hmm. that you just proposed, mm-hmm. right? And it's not, it was either whole hog, completely you know, innocent and random happenstance historical event or a completely planned, you know, deep state, you know, Dick Cheney you know, somewhere, you know, pushing buttons and, remote, you know, it's almost everything is somewhere in the middle, somewhere between those two. It's rarely, correct. I can't. That's I, correct. Yeah. I really can't think of too many things outside of a natural disaster that yes. were have at least some sort of a false flag element. And to if it. Jake was sitting here today, he would <laughs> probably blame the natural, natural disasters, disasters also. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what Kanye West was saying. <laughs> so when we um, so just wrap your head around the mind when we bring up the when we bring up the notion of false flags, it is a, a very like nuanced perspective. And you need to open your mind to the don't buy any one narrative. It's it's none of these are ever like one simple thing. So when you talk about so let's take nine eleven for example. So that's the one people talk about all the time. So you can believe that. Let's just say I'm I'm the the first guy. No complete terrorist attack. You know what I mean? It was just like eat these terrorists. They these people hated freedom, so they hijacked a jetliner. And flew it in the buildings. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the story. Yep. And they so they happened to lose their passport out the window exactly. while they were crashing. So you ask these, these questions. Are all totally explainable. So if you are in the middle, or you're at least receptive to the middle, you go like, okay, why was the Patriot Act written a year before 9/11, and why did the Project for a New, Ascent, new American Century say we need to rebuild the Middle East in our image? It's going to take a new quote unquote Pearl Harbor for people to accept that. And why, right when those planes hit, the entire agenda of the project for a new new American century was basically implemented on the fucking twelfth. They banned, they, you know, they hit the ground running. Like we're gonna get the Patriot Act running. We're gonna start listing out the countries in the Middle East that we're going that we're going to invade. That, you know, exactly according to the agenda that we wrote a year ago. And the only way, you know, back to that document, we would need some horrific 
terrorist event, you know, to sell people on this. And the people that wrote everything for the project for a new American, so people like Dick Cheney, Donald Brunsfeld, Paul Wolfowitz, Scooter Libby, John Bolton, all those people that were involved in that organization all ended up working under the Bush administration and being the ones in charge of executing the exact plan that they had written a year before. These are questions that were never answered. And then, as the one you were talking about, my personal favorite, the why, Massacre. why was Saddam al-Kami, Sakami, you're telling me jet, jet fuel melts steel beams, but we found his perfectly preserved passport that landed at the feet of an FBI agent <laughs> investigating the scene. That doesn't at least sound, that doesn't push you just a little more towards the middle. Like, I would love to hear the explanation. Like, let's pull 100 people who believe strongly that mm-hmm. there was not, it was not a fault, you know, there's no shenanigans involved in 9 11. Mm-hmm. How did the passport end up there? <laughs> I want to hear 100 stories just, on how. Just scary. Like, he rolled the window down yeah. as he was flying the plane into the building and just tossed it out the window. <laughs> I mean, that's more believable <laughs> than he crashed into the building and somehow it blew out the window or <laughs> and landed. Everything else being like, if you're holding to that story, if you're saying, yes, he rolled the window down and he was like, Akbar, threw his passport out the window. Fine. I'll give you that. Oh, I always forget about how much fun we have talking about 9-11 is, uh, <laughs> So here is another. Weren't we supposed to be talking about Kanye? Yeah, no. Trust me, we're going to bring this all wrong. We're going to bring this. We only have another forty minutes to wrap this up. Like I said, we're going to have to do this in two parts. (laughs) Is also the Pentagon had numerous warnings from CIA operatives saying they there is a lot of chatter about a major terrorism event occurring on U.S. soil using commercial airliners. Like over and over, they got this warning over and over. And higher ups were telling the people getting the information, like, stop telling me this. Like, I'm not interested. Stop bringing me this stuff. We're not, we're not studying that right now. But don't you think if that's your job, the paying, I don't know. To, to us, it's obvious. That's all I can think about is that if like you're a, a terrorist studying this incident and you want to, you know, make another attack on America. Mm-hmm. Stop chattering. <laughs> what are you guys doing? What are you on like fucking Facebook telling your friends that you're going to fly a jetliner into a major American city? <laughs> shh, shh. Keep it to yourself. Change it to bus at least. <laughs> Use postcards or something. Well, I bring that up because of this is when you look at these historical events and we talk about the spectrum, I personally kind of started compartmentalizing the three different categories that you could put false flags into, right? And that last question that I just asked you about, like they continually got the warnings and just ignore them. According to just everyday stuff, you can deal to it and it'll come up, you know, Mm -hmm. within the first 10 articles that are like, yeah, we're not, stop bringing me this. I'm not interested. So as far as false flags, number one, the absolute and historically proven Gulf of Tonkin, Lusitania, the ones we talked about before. Number two, the definitely some unanswered questions and pretty convenient how much it benefited the people we would suspect to be responsible, but I don't know. I don't think Bush actually coordinated flying the planes into there. That'd be number two. So you put 9-11 in that category? Well, I'm, well no, I'm not saying. Here's just the, here's, it's, what, I'm, what I'm is making, in that category? I'm making three points to make, well, that's up to you, up for you to decide. Okay. Yeah. 
because it depends on the inter- information you can get. We never get all, all the information. Sure. And it just depends on. But you put the Lusitania in the first category. Yeah. To me, that's historically proven. I and mean, I just to get an idea of what your category two means, are there some examples so that you would. Number one is something you could look up and it'll be on like historychannel.com. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, we all know this now. Number two would be, I would put maybe 9 11 there. That's like, where uh, some people are skeptical and most my, people my, are skeptical i i think there's something too that they had the information that something like this was there's just too many un, unanswered questions okay. so i'm not saying that they coordinated it but it could be something like uh there's a lot they of, ignored the shit out of it yeah but thinking like you know if that does happen we are up and running with this new thing we want to get off the ground I mean, you know, there's all that gold in the basement of Building 7 and all those IRS documents. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we lost all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tower 7. <laughs> I to bring that up. Is Tower 7 Category 3? <laughs> <laughs> number 3 would be... Flat Earth. No, number 3 oh. would be the other end of the spectrum. Number 3 would be um, complete possible... Uh, just complete happenstance. It happened... That would be the people that you're the first people to talk about. No, they hated freedom. They stole some jetliners and came in. Basically, I'm making three data points to try to quantify the false flag slash conspiracy okay. spectrum. So, so category three is like it just didn't happen. Right. I don't believe any of this. Like Kanye's just off his meds. That's it. That's that's all that's all there is to this. Okay. So so to take a quick recap, I want you to think about what we said about MK Ultra and the CIA's mind control programs, mm-hmm. and then which yielded us people like Charles Manson and Whitey Boulder, mm-hmm. and then think about what we know to be historically true, or at least. By the way, not, that would be category one, not a conspiracy theory. Yes, those people were definitely right, verifiably it part was of that declassified program under the Church Community. Yes, the Church Commission. Um, I want, and I'm trying to keep this. A little more mainstream, as like as NPC friendly as I can, because I'm like deep into the stuff. You're deep into the stuff. Like uh, us, we we uh, our social circle talks about this stuff all the time, and I'm trying to open up people's minds a little bit to just at least start entertaining other possibilities than what you're seeing on mainstream media, and that a lot of this stuff there is much more than meets the eye, right? And that's why Clearly. I. I Propose those three points. Yeah. And using that brain, now think about Kanye West, one of the most famous people on the planet and an outspoken Trump supporter and his recent behavior and the amount of exposure that he's getting. Because we asked in the beginning of the podcast, like, why is this like why is this all everyone is talking about? It seems like a coordinated, orchestrated media campaign. Like, this is what we're talking about right now. I mean, the media does that anyway. I mean, it it is pretty fucking crazy. I mean, the yeah. shit he was saying is no one since 1943 mm-hmm. has said out loud the shit that he is saying out loud right right now. Yeah. So I I think the attention is uh, the sensationalist somewhat, aspect. There's something there. Absolutely. There, it is definitely Absolutely. worthy of of attention because mm-hmm. of just how I mean. I still would hold to what I said earlier, like who gives a shit, but it is pretty insane that someone is like one of the most famous people in the world is just, you know, saying that Hitler was misunderstood. 
Hey, like we said, <laughs> bad ideas are better than no ideas. Yeah, that's what we say it all the time. It used to be our motto. <laughs> okay, like I said, we're taking the long way around here. Um, let's talk about the Department of Homeland Security here for a second. <laughs> all right. So on Wednesday, the T- Department of Homeland Security warned of a height, heightened threat environment across the country in its latest terrorism advisory bulletin, cautioning that, that the U.S. could see several acts of violence in the coming months. Our homeland continues to face a heightened threat environment, as we have seen, tragically, in recent events of targeted violence, and it is driven by violent extremists seeking to further a political goal or social goal or an act of grievance. And they are, the DHS is, and this this is all over mainstream media. You can deal to this and find this. The mainstream media <clears throat> picked up this narrative, and the DHS is predicting a major domestic terrorism event somewhere around the holidays, right? Now, I think all of these things are related, which I'm going to show, depending on where you land on that spectrum. So, well, the, yeah. So the most, I mean, did you see that article in Newsweek about um, the FBI is finding more and more domestic terrorists mm-hmm. in America? Mm-hmm. Which is directly people, people they define to be domestic terrorists, directly related to how much they're looking for domestic terrorists and how you define domestic terrorists. Yeah, it's yeah, they're ramping up their investigations of domestic terrorism, and lo and behold, <laughs> they're finding more of it, right? It's almost like we plan this podcast, <laughs> but we don't. Um, by the DHS's account and other law enforcement agencies, they are saying that these there's a there's a really good chance due to what they perceive an uptick in threats of violence that the two groups most likely targeted will be the LBGTQ. I don't I can't keep track of the acronyms. It's LGBTQ. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG, LGBTQ. To plus uh, kids' rights and the Jewish community, and which is the very most of them are centered around the Jewish community, which is, of course, what Kanye West jihad is against. No pun intended. Now, forget for a second about everything I just talked about here. When you think about American mainstream media, uh, the, the the political elites everyone working together, what we call the cathedral. What is the boogeyman right now? What is the new like communism? What's the new red menace? What's the ideology? Like, what is it? Here's, here's the biggest threat that we need to worry about right now. According to, yeah, it's right wing extremism, right wing extremists, ultra mega Republicans. I've heard libertarians be lumped into there. Anyone basically right of center, but it's all starting that's all considered, they start off that accusation with ultra-mega Republicans. Yeah, MAGA. It's always yeah. in there, yeah. And it gets conflated with right-wing right wing extremists. I mean, Biden started off his presidency saying the biggest threat that America faces is white supremacy and right-wing extremism. Right? Yeah, what and was it that he said that he... he Launched his campaign because of oh of uh, of Charlotte uh, the Charlotte North Carolina mm-hmm. the guy who's been trying to get that job for fifty over fifty years yeah the that's that was the turning point 
What was it? The uh, it's Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Yeah. And Trump saying that there were good people on both sides, which mm-hmm. obviously is false. Yes. Try to convince someone of that who doesn't believe that. It's funny. You're like, dude, I'll give you 45 seconds and a dildo search and just see if you, and they still, I know. No, I, no I'm not going to look at that. No, okay. I know. I've, it's, I've done uh, that actually before. I have too, with someone very close to me. So this is the threat that, you know, of course, that we know just in the zeitgeist that is currently being screened, but you know, from the mountaintops by, you know, corporate mainstream media, social media, academia, all the entertainment platforms. And I think this is why we're also, we're going to tie in one more element into this, and that is Elon Musk and Twitter. That's why we're seeing such a complete meltdown um, with Elon Musk take over Twitter, because Twitter being the proverbial town square, for so many years now, the woke cultural left has been able to sit in their butt and be complacent because they've completely controlled that. And that was more or less the indicator species of all social media, all entertainment you know, all just cultural media that we take in. You know, Twitter was kind of at the top of that heap. And if you need me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to choose my words carefully here. Um, I have run across people that did not believe that Twitter was run by far left kind of a woke culture. And I just, I don't, I could sit down and try to quantify that. If I have, if you're that kind of person well, I don't imagine you'd be listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, did you see that it just came out uh, maybe yesterday that the FBI actually had someone working at Twitter? Oh, yeah. Like, they fully infiltrated Twitter. So whether that you think that there's a woke agenda or not, I mean, does it make sense that the FBI has someone secretly planted in Twitter? I, I mean, that is... I th- I think uh, you, you can't I, it, think that that's okay in a in a free society. I, I or would, if you think Twitter I would, is I would a private every business, social media platform has is just. Well, yeah, of course you would. <laughs> I know. It's I'm not embedded with. Deep I'm talking about actors. the people that you're that you're talking to. Yeah. Like, would you would you think it's okay that Twitter has someone from the FBI working in secret? In their yeah. organization, I mean, that's yeah, people would pretty people are statists. They go like, well, no, they're part of the government, and they're just there to make sure yeah, things they, on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, if you're right, then I mean, we really have an uphill battle, but we have to convince people that that is wrong. And it, I mean, maybe it's an uphill battle. It, it shouldn't be that hard, though. Yeah. Fuck. So, okay, are you bummed out? Kind of, because I haven't got to the good parts yet. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so given what we know now of what our government has done to achieve like their ideological end, you know, with MK Ultra, you know, false flags, and what we are now seeing about the DHS's, the Department of Homeland Security's ominous warning that they somehow have this keen, mysterious insight that some kind of, you know, horrific domestic terrorist event is about to go down right around the holidays, likely targeting, targeting the Jewish or LBGTQ, BBQ community. Question one, would it be outside the realm of possibility to predict that a said awful event will happen right around the holidays as they are predicting? And if it did, I pray to God that it does not, how quick will the pivot be to connect it to Kanye West? That's just the question to think about. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, well, give me the scenario. Because I think 
I think it would, might be easy to dismiss <clears throat> Kanye West at this point, but let right. me hear. I want to hear okay. you out. Give me the scenario. Okay, think about it like this: What are like the rallying cry for that woke mob right now? We say the biggest boogeyman is white supremacy, domestic MAGA, extremists, right wing Republicans, yeah. and the rallying cry of that woke mob is the two most common ones are the concept of hate speech and words are violence. Right? That's what we were hearing a bunch of. This, this happened, this was totally amplified when Elon Musk took over Twitter. Right. And, and everyone's saying, like, there's just been this uptick in, like, hate and, you know, hate speech and blah, 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 which is not true. Twitter has operated at a 10 forever. It's just that it's, now there's a variation on the hate speech. Even if it was, like, who gives a shit? That's, well, yeah, that's what I think. Go somewhere else. But here's why we need to, I'm going to explain. Stop reading Twitter. Only like 20% of Americans are even on Twitter. This is why we need to start caring, though, is that Kanye West is now becoming the poster child for hate speech, right? Yeah. And the, most people are not, I don't that know. We, when we talk about it, you say 20% of people are not on Twitter. Most people don't buy in that, that words are violence. So if someone comes up, you go go to the grocery store and go, do you think words of violence? Like, no, that's that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But one in 10 people are saying, like, absolutely. And you say, no, like, literally, like, pragmatically, that sentence doesn't make sense. Do you understand? One is a physical manifestation of something. Yeah. And one is, like, the, the, the two don't, they're incongruent. That right. sentence doesn't make sense. But that is the battle cry for the woke mob right now. And that's was amplified when Elon Musk took over Twitter. They're like, no, we have to stop this. We can't have this. Like, because it's, it's amplifying hate speech and words are violence. And the things that people are saying on Twitter, now that <laughs> it's has free speech, ironically, like it's going to end up in, you know, people dying, right? Wrong, but yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's the narrative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so... What is attempting to be established here is a war on domestic terrorism. They're taking the template of the war on terror that we had from 9-11, mm-hmm. and they're turning it inward. I mean, this is being said out loud. This was said yep. out loud by, by Joe Biden. says, the biggest threat right now is domestic terrorism. And at that time, I didn't get it. It went over my head. It went over your head. It went all over, like, us. We said, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the biggest threat. It's not a 100,000 fentanyl overdoses every year it's not like having a complete open southern border those two are related by the way it's not you know our economy is about to we're about to go into a recession and see if complete economic free fall like that's what people are actually kind of worried about right and it made no sense when he said that in the beginning and now this Kanye West thing came out it just made me think like I think now that all of a sudden makes sense and that was the beginning of this whole plan that ties in all this stuff together and Kanye and, and living in pure fucking clown world that we do, the guy at the top of the heap of this complete deep state program is Kanye West. And I know that is a fucking crazy thing to say, but it's, I don't mean that like literally. Although, depending where, on where you are in that number one, number two, number three, seeing what they did with MK Ultra and blasting people's minds with LSD, that was back in the 70s. I doubt that they stopped that program in the 70s. I mean, they might have changed it. The CIA doesn't go like, you caught us. Like, I guess we'll just move on to something else. It, 
so if you were a little more conspiracy minded, like it is a very real possibility knowing what you know about MK Ultra and what our government has been responsible for. How ridiculous, okay, how ridiculous does it sound if I said, what's the possibility that the CIA, that Kanye West is a CIA asset and they are drugging him up or taking him off his drugs and getting him on this like wild press tour where they might know he's crazy, but they're like, yeah, we need to give you a platform and you can say whatever you want. That sounds crazy, right? So let me recap here. Okay. So you're. This is just one. This is just one part of the theory. Your theory. I'm not, say, I'm not saying. No, this is not my theory. I'm just saying. Open up. Well, whose theory is it? It's a theory that I'm. That you out. came up with. Yes. <laughs> it makes it your fucking theory. <laughs> but the point is, one of your theories <laughs> <laughs> is that Kanye West. It's a CIA. It's a CIA asset. Correct. Who is going out there? Uh, promulgating anti-Semitic hate speech Correct. ideas mm-hmm. uh, in order to rile people up. Not, r- well, yes, but that's not the reason. That's not the, the primary reason. But but with the riling up, what that does is lead people to th- think anything that's happening right now that is anti-Semitic or, you know, it's not that hard to make the jump and be racist or anti-LGBBQ. It's basically like grabbing someone and it's almost like someone grabbed him and go like, just, just be crazy. We're going to make a list of like (laughs) the most, like the most political, like the worst things you can say into a microphone. And the reason is that, that then they're going to use that in order to, Crack down on the right wing MAGA, anyone right of you know center. You're getting there. Okay, that's like the very rough elevator pitch. But I'm gonna draw the line of like. How but you think that Kanye West? I, I, I just said that's one of the theories. In that okay. theory, Kanye West would have to be a CIA asset. A CIA asset. Okay, so that would be. The number one. And he would be doing that because he was either coerced, paid, or brainwashed under mind control. Under mind control. <laughs> so okay. we already were developing mind control programs. He's an acoustic as, kitty, is what you're saying. <laughs> Dude, but, if his next okay. album is called Acoustic Kitty, <laughs> you and I will be in a gulag. We're gonna be, <laughs> or we're just going to cash the check and just be fucking here. We're out of here. Let's do the sports podcast. <laughs> Our work is done. <laughs> There's no way we can yep. top that. You, me, and Buck Johnson. So that would be that would be the number one. That's like that's absolutely true. That's the top of the heap. He's a okay. CIA asset. He's being coerced, threatened, drugged, brainwashed, or whatever to say these things. His giant press exposure and his orchestrated mainstream media exposure is all being coordinated, and he, he's giving a specific narrative that he's he's being fed or might be something that he already has in his head and they said like okay we can weaponize this and make that happen right that would be the the, the number one part of the equation in that game okay number two is that he is like this has been rattling around in his brain because he's just fucking crazy he's out of his mind right most geniuses are yes R. Kelly <laughs> for example in the closet yes <laughs> um is this would be the number two one. It's like, let's just let this happen 
because we already have agenda in place that we need to get through, but we need some kind of massive paradigm shift or social catalyst to take place for us to get our batshit crazy thing through. The batshit crazy thing through, because this is always derives from the state, is always one thing. It's a complete progression and authoritarian control. This could be you know, the growth of, so as it pertains to the project for a new American century, these people truly believed that America would run better if it ran the entire world, starting in the Middle East. We rebuilt the Middle East in our image, and we need to quell down any semblance of resistance with a complete jump in the surveillance state. That all happened. That's a number one now. That's that's historically true. We, we have yeah. the facts on that. I mean, point. not a bad theory, but <clears throat> completely wrong and a failed attempt. Let's roll it all back, please. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a college try. <laughs> Clearly you were wrong. Yes. Just, it was a little wacky. Yep. Shot in the yep. dark. I mean, not, not terrible. I, I, I actually okay. thought, I think at one point, like, yeah, I mean, it might be onto something, but uh, no, so, clearly not. Number three would be, he's just nuts. There's no agenda. Don't worry about it. Right. He's just crazy. And it's totally, how you're saying before, sensationalist. And people like to see a good train wreck live. And so everyone is gravitating toward this. Mainstream media is completely vapid and vacuous. They don't have a narrative. They're not working in concert with each other. They don't work. Um, they aren't part of the cathedral. It's just kind of happenstance that they're all kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's always arbitrary that they always end up covering the exact same things. Can you know I give it? you a 3.2 <laughs> or a four? Three as high as you can go. Okay, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be three. What you said that it is just this, a crazy person doing crazy things and there's this media circus around it. And that <clears throat> then also what the political democratic elites are going to do is just <laughs> latch onto that mm -hmm. and use it. How do you mean? Explain it. Uh, well, they're seeing it like you're seeing it. All right. Let's just say that it is totally crazy. It's just Kanye. Mm -hmm. It's nothing else. Right. And they're watching Alex Jones, they're seeing the Tim Pool thing, and they see Kanye being Kanye, and some genius in the in the dark room in the corner is going, I got it. That'd be that'd be number two. That's number, number two. two? Yeah, number two is, it's happening organically. Let's let it happen. And then we we'll latch onto it. Yeah, this, I'm is, sorry. this is what we want. This is what we want to do. So number three is completely government. I'm sorry, when you were talking about number two, I was thinking about guard passing. Oh, and uh, I, I guess I just missed that. I apologize. One of us needs to stop training eventually. <laughs> so what I want to do is float the notion, the idea of the pre-crime, right? This is going to sound very Orwellian, 1984, but this is something that has already been in the works starting in 2019. I, I recently just heard something. Yeah. Google is doing some sort of pre-crime research or something, right? Interesting that you Dude, say that. We're gonna need a part two to this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's so many. There's so many things in here that's yeah. So let's just let me give you this. By pre-crime, what I mean is once they can make the connection that enough people, they make a connection that enough people have a connection to this horrific event that the DHS is predicting, right? Is they can connect a specific tangible horrific event, right? like a mass shooting, for example, and they could connect that to something ab abstract as an ideology, 
then you start to float the notion of a pre-crime. Do you remember Attorney General uh, William Barr under the Trump administration? He started a, pre- a pre-crime program. Really? Right. So it used as its justification preemptively stopping a hypothetical horrific mass shooting. In 19, 2019, he announced a program working with the FBI that would use the same surveillance tactics used on the war on terror after 9-11 and would utilize, quote, early engagement techniques that would help identify potential that's, criminals. That's what Google is doing. Yes. And yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. This William Barr program, this, this, this program has not stopped and it's only grown. That's why I point out to people like, this happened under Trump. This is not like Republicans good, Democrats bad. This has nothing to do with this. This has to do about the state and people being subjugated and your basically your livelihood and freedom and autonomy taken away from you. And that war is fully going on right now. And Kanye West is actually sitting at the top of the heap. I think we have to do a part two. Yeah. This is because I haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. Well, uh, you've definitely got, you've definitely piqued my interest when you texted us about the, uh, about this theory, I, I, I was less enthusiastic <laughs> than I am now. I want to hear more of where you're going with this. So I'm going to leave everyone with this. is When William Barr proposed in 2019 the, the, the idea of a pre-crime program, and that is stopping crimes before they happen, that was all done using language and you know, media shared and conversations used on social media. You know, that was like the bulk of what they were going through. And that would draw a, basically a lineal connection from ideas and thoughts to some kind of horrific event that may or may not have already happened. Now, William Barr, of course, he got pushback from this program because most sane, you know, free-thinking adults go, at what point does crime become pre-crime becomes thought crime? Totally. Those of you that read 1984, it's like, you know, we're going to stop this before it actually happens. And like we're going to attribute criminal behavior to someone who hasn't done the crime yet, but it's just based on your ideas or thoughts or speech. I mean, it makes you, makes you think what's a greater crime against humanity. Mm -hmm. Some people hating another race, Mm -hmm. which is not good. And I think is despicable. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, You know, maybe even, God forbid, acting on that hatred. Mm -hmm. Or a government that is considering disarming 350 million people or controlling the speech of 350 million, getting rid of the First Amendment. Right. Or uh, violating the rights in one way or another of 335 million people. What you know, we, is what is the trade-off that we're talking about here? What, like, if there's a few people, and I don't know anyone that's actually guilty of these crimes that they're sus- they're suspecting. Right. Most of the people that they're uh, looking into, like in this Newsweek article, um, most of the people that they're looking into are not actually doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. They just have a ramped up budget and they're spending that money on investigating people on the right. 
Yeah. Right. These people aren't actually out there burning crosses or lynching people or committing hate crimes. These things don't happen. Asking for when the media, when the media thinks there's a hate crime happening, they jump on it. Like everyone jumps on it and they just pray to God. They actually want it to be this hate crime every single time. It turns out not to be just look at that shooting in Colorado. Okay. Happened recently, you know? So what is worse? The government using their power to disarm 335 million people or to take away the ability to, for those people to speak freely or you know violating their rights or just eliminating the state, reducing the government down into state governments or local governments only. And yeah, maybe a few people will commit what is you know crimes. Right. You can call them hate crimes if you want to, but they're just crimes. Right. We're talking about the tyranny of the greatest power that the world has ever known, the most uh, powerful criminal organization with the most money and the most crimes against humanity that the world has ever known. And I just got to think that they're the ones that are out of line, not the people that they're supposedly attacking. Kanye West doesn't matter. The people that he's supposedly going to be inspiring to commit these hate crimes, that doesn't matter. What matters is the power of the state attacking people. That's the story here. It's not what they're trying to flip it around to be. I I like where your head's at. I was worried about, as I was going through all the stuff, that I was getting deeper, deeper, deeper. And I was worried that like... That you were becoming racist? (laughs) No, that I didn't step back until you walked into the room and you're like, you ready to go? I'm like, yeah, I got like fair warning. Like we're going to go on a journey here today and your head is going exactly where I hoped it would go. So I must've put this together in at least some sort of lineal fashion. And I just want to say that the things that you listed, like is the state involved in stripping the rights of 350 million people trying to disarm 350 million people, you know, everything that you listed, the answer is yes, it is. It's, and it's coordinated and in part two, I'm going to show you how. I'm actually sweating right now because uh, telling you all that stuff, I was like, on, break them off am I sounding racist? The am I now, racist? I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So baby, give me that, and let me get that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24s. Why they stand up ready? It's the remix to ignition. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body. Got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Bounce, 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 bounce. It's like murder, she rolled Once I get you out the clothes Privacy's on the door But still they can hear screaming more Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hoping and wishing I'm about to take my key and-